you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 190 of the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Shek. Yeah, listen, I'm a Steeler fan, and that's why I have a new cheer. Clowny, clowny, clowny. Listen, the Steelers, the Giants, the Redskins, now keeping company down at the bottom of the barrel in the NFL with the likes of the Vikings and the Jaguars. And I guess it's pretty heady company, though, because you also, right a tick above, you have the two teams that were in the NFC title game, the San Francisco 49ers and the Atlanta Falcons both sitting there at one and two. A lot of miserable football going on so far among teams that are usually in the mix for the playoffs. Let's talk about if the season's already over for these teams or if there still is some hope for at least a couple of the ones we just named there. Plus, do you mean if the season ended today? I don't mean if the season ended today, Black <laughs> Tide, because as I always say, that would be weird. And I think that would be at the top of NFL.com right there. Kamish Goodell calling off the rest of the season. We would already be privy to that. But yes, it is an interesting note that the uh, that the experts like to throw they they like to qualify if the season ended today. No, they're going to as far as I understand it, my sources tell me that they intend to play the next 14 weeks of the season. All right, let's talk about week 3 and then what lies ahead with our main man from nfl.com and of course from NFL Fantasy Live. You see him pretty much every day you turn on your TV or you flip on your computer. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. And sure. I want to say this. I understand yes. as you are wallowing in your misery, let's be positive today. My Chicago Bears are 3-0. And, of course, in case you missed it oh so many yes. weeks ago, 
The Chicago Bears won my services in the vaunted fan-free agency. And I know a lot of people will look at the Bears' hot start and they say, is Mark Tressman the quarterback whisperer? Has Jay Cutler finally figured things out? Oh, no, no. When Adam Rank signed on the dotted line, the Bears have yet to lose a regular season game. And you know what? The numbers never lie. I got to tell you this much. You don't have to say that last part, but I will say this. Uh, let's get into the Bears a little bit. First, let's say hello to a guy who has emerged over the last few months as one of our very favorites walking the hallways here at NFL Network. Out in Culver City, California, you know him writing and talking on the Around the League page at NFL.com and on the Around the League podcast three days a week. It's Chris Wessling. What's the poop with you, fella? I'm doing great. Thank you for I'm that sure you gracious are. introduction. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're on cloud nine. One, the Cincinnati Bengals. I know you've claimed that you've disassociated yourself, but are you? Be honest. Are, are they starting to creep back in for you a little bit now? Honestly, no. This is. I'll tell you this, this about. Guy. Can I tell you about the Bengals? Yes. This is. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're in the midst. Let's say they continue to play well over the course of this season. Have they, in our lives, ever put together three straight really good seasons? Have they ever been in the playoffs in three straight seasons? Not in my memory. Uh, I would say I, don't I think started. So. I started to probably follow them around 1980, 81. They haven't had. They were always go to the Super Bowl then fall off. Right. And then starting with the 90s, they were never any good anyway. Well, mm-hmm. with Marvin Harrison specifically, I mean Marvin Harrison, Marvin <laughs> Lewis specifically, that was last year when they went to the playoffs again. That was the the first time in his, what, nine years, ten years there that they ever went to the postseason back-to-back. And Ken Anderson and that team back in 81 that played Montana's Niners in the Super Bowl, they didn't do anything. That, that was a, a one-year spike, they and then they seven, returned to Earth. They went to 7-2 and two in 82. Oh, did they? Then they went seven and nine the following. Okay, season. so that's only two years, and then the Icky Woods and Boomer Esiason. Group. That Super Bowl team went twelve and four, then eight and eight, then nine and seven, huh. three and thirteen. So yes, yeah, so I guess we're we're right we're on in with virgin that. territory here. I did not see them beating the Packers uh, going into Sunday's game, nor did I see the Indianapolis Colts going into San Francisco and winning that. And it's interesting, too, because something that I've been hammering now for probably half a year is the fact that the NFC's third or fourth best team is probably better than the AFC's best team. I think I, I, I'm not going to just because week three's results didn't exactly go the way I expected them to. I'm not going to completely abandon that premise. I will say at NFL.com on our weekly pick 'em poll, our weekly pick 'em contest here, DDFP, if you, you can still jump in and join that one. I won six out of the games this year, this week. That's Ooh. embarrassing. Wow. I think he did about I That's don't think straight I, up embarrassment. I don't think I did much better, wow. if I did it better at all. Black Tide, did you fare all right in that one? He hasn't turned in his picks yet. <laughs> I, this is a terrible week. I lost about four or five games at the last minute. Titans game. <laughs> so did the teams that were playing. Still, yeah, I lost about lost. four or five games. Yeah, that's not an excuse. Terrible. You understand that's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. It was a tough week. A I knew going into the week it was going to be a tough week. All right, listen. Here's what I want to do. Let's play a little something. We brought it back after way too long. We hadn't played it in probably four months or so. Then we brought it back. It's a game that we like to call. It's pretty simple. Dead or alive. And listen, let's just jump right into some of these teams that are, you know, emerging as needing to get on a serious role or they're doomed. I mean, listen, it's not even October yet. Some of, it might be too late for some of these teams. Let's talk about them right now as we get into the segment Dead or Alive. 
All right, fellas, pretty straightforward stuff here. I'm going to make a statement. You tell me what you think, dead or alive. I'm going to start with you as our guest around the league's Chris Wessling. Oh, I forgot to tell you the other reason why I figured you'd be in good spirits. Your Cincinnati Redlegs went into uh, PNC Park on the banks of the Three Rivers, a three-game set, and they emerged getting the better of the Buccos. The Buccos could have been in first place by the end of Friday night, but Mark Melanson blew the save, probably blew any realistic shot that the Buccos had at winning that division. So it probably comes down to a one-game playoff between your Red Legs and my Pittsburgh Pirates. We'll keep our eye on that as as it uh, gets closer and closer. I'm trying to figure out where I'm supposed to put Billy Hamilton on my MVP ballot. My goodness. <laughs> Listen, I look, I don't want to get crazy. All I wanted was for them to have a winning record, and now they have it. If they can just win a one-game playoff, I legitimately like their chances because they they're three deep in terms of pitching, and that's what you want in the postseason is three strong starters. I think they have that. But all right, we'll worry about that next week or in another episode. Right now, the dire straits of many teams in the NFL, and we'll start off with the Green Bay Packers. I say to you, Wes... The Packers' chances now at one and two of winning the NFC North, dead or alive? Alive. Alive. You still think they can get it done? Two games back of the Chicago Bears, why do you see a path to a uh, a division crown? I believe they still have a better all-around roster than the Chicago Bears. They have a better quarterback. Uh, They should have won yesterday's game. They could have won the 49ers game. These are both games where they were in it. They clearly have the talent. They've been banged up a little bit. I feel like coming out of that week four bye, they're going to have probably regain some momentum, put 30 or 40 on a few teams, and get back in control of the uh, as they North. like As I like to say, th- those buys when they come at the right time, it really is the perfect time or as good as the Packers could ask for because they have no healthy running backs right now. If they had to play on Sunday, they would legitimately have to sign not one but a couple of guys off of the street to, to get in there and play behind Aaron Rodgers. As it is, they have two weeks, and you assume at least one of those guys will be good to go in week five. Rank, how say you? Packers, can they still win the NFC North? They still can, but let me say one thing about the Packers. But being will a, they rank? Will they? They will That's not. That's the spirit of the question. They will not. But I want to say one thing about this bye week nonsense because the Packers have a bye. In week four, they mm-hmm. have a bye week. Here's the simplest thing you can do if you're the NFL, and I don't know why they don't do this. Bye week start week nine. Nine, 10, 11, 12. Those are your four bye weeks, and then two divisions have a bye each week. Hmm. So the NFC and AFC West, you have a bye week in week nine. The following year, it's week 10. The following year, it's a week 11. The following year, it's week 12. And you just rotate it like that. Nobody gets hosed on this early bye week because it's complete nonsense. That being said, Packers will not win the division because the Bears are taking it. But it reminds me of the year that the Packers went and won the Super Bowl where they're going to be looking at like 10 and 6. And they're probably better off not having that first round by, so they'll they'll smoke whoever they play in the first round, then they'll roll, and then probably play. I, let me tell you what I, what stood out to me about uh, Sunday night's game in Heinz Field. Well, first, let me get Black Tie's thoughts. Can the Packers come back and win this division? I think not. And, and they're looking up too. Don't forget, I as I always say, you're better off to be 
three games behind one team than you are two games behind two teams. Because now you, you're depending. I don't think the Lions are necessarily world beaters, but the fact of the matter is just three weeks in, they now trail the 3-0 and Bears, but also the Lions now. And if they get uh, ahead of steam here, then that's another thing that they're going to have to contend with. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I do think, I do think their chances to win a division are dead just because I've seen enough of the Bears to think that just on that defense alone – that they would somewhat stay consistent and they would win the division. All right, you know what? Before I give my thoughts, let's hear what the doctor on call has to say. Doctor? Oh, my. That's right. The Packers' uh, chances of winning it are dead already. A playoff spot, a possibility, but... I'm with rank. The Chicago Bears are going to win this division. Let Mm -hmm. me tell you what I saw on Sunday night. I saw Jay Cutler make MVP-type plays. Yes, he threw a huge strike to Brandon Marshall up the left sideline with the game essentially not on the line, but Mm -hmm. a chance to really salt it away. Yeah, really put put the Steelers away. On, again, on third and long, and he throws a strike to Brandon Marshall. He makes a great play on the ball, goes up and gets it over Ike Taylor, does Marshall, but you don't do it without the throw. And then the touchdown pass to Earl Bennett, same exact thing, spectacular. You know, I and mean, that's that's the superhuman kind of stuff. I don't understand that sort of uh, coordination that's beyond my yeah. beyond my brain to grasp what Earl Bennett did somehow. Dra- I mean, it, almost just about in real time, an optical illusion. How did he get that foot down in yeah, there? Yeah, and Antonio Brown. Like, how that, that, that was, was also so a dynamite how he, catch. How he got the foot, and he did. That was a legitimate catch. But how he got it down without his knee getting down, you're like, uh, unbelievable. The play where he lowered his shoulder. Well, that's yes. what I was just going to say. Don't that you think was the that best changes the narrative on Jay Cutler? He's seen as like a petulant. My... I was setting it up, oh, Wesling, and you swooped in to steal my thunder. <laughs> the thunder that Jay Cutler landed on uh, on poor Robert Golden. How he ever, Golden ever lives that one down, I don't know. But boy, oh boy, man, yes. Two big-time throws from Jay Cutler. Um, but preceded by that third down play where it, and the Steelers are getting pressure. And by the way, to set the scene, the game was over 10 minutes in, five minutes in even. It was 10 nothing Bears, turnover by the Steelers, and nothing was going well. And then, then the, uh, the pick six gets run in to make it 24-3. Uh, you know, Heinz Field like a morgue. But then the Steelers, they go in the locker room, they reemerge baptized, born anew, you think. Suddenly, they're making a charge. Roethlisberger, who I, I do also think, all the talk about Todd Haley and his, you know, the conflict there and a crummy offensive line for the umpteenth straight season, no running game behind them, not a legit number one, although Antonio Brown begs to differ. I, I still don't see anybody on there that's that's the game-breaker like a Brandon Marshall, for instance. Anyway, all that being said, Roethlisberger, definitely some bad turnovers, some bad balls. But, man, he's spinning it. He's in a tough spot, and he looks terrific as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, there, do you know the producer of your show, Wesling, of the Around the League podcast, Crystal? I was watching the game two weeks ago, two Monday nights ago, at NFL Network, and she piped in in the third or fourth quarter, man, they got to put Bruce Gradkowski in there. Roethlisberger's what? terrible. 
I said, I wouldn't say that out loud. That that seems <laughs> ridiculous. And she said, why? They should put them in there. I said, if they did that, that would be the end of this coaching staff. That would, they, would never, they wouldn't be back for the next week if they pulled Roethlisberger. Yeah, we just think Gradkowski gives us a better chance of winning. That would be the end of it for Mike Tomlin and company. Anyway, or at least Todd Haley. But the Steelers are charging. And Ike Taylor, another underappreciated guy. And Troy Palomalu really playing his best football in three or four years legitimately. And the Steelers are making their push. All they need is a stop on third and long. And Jay Cutler scrambles out of it and then has the first down. That's not enough to to just slide. No, he lowered the boom on poor Robert Golden in a way I can't recall quarterback doing that to any defensive player. That, I mean, when's that happened? In college? I don't I don't remember Cam Newton steamrolling a guy like that when he was at Auburn. He blew poor Robert Golden up. He knocked him back like uh like Clubber Lang when he was when he was making his way up to to get to Balboa at the start of 3, you know? To start a rocky, you're familiar with the Rocky series, yeah. It's very true. But yes, I think I always am skeptical of things like when at the height of the Cold War, 1980, and all oh, the Soviet Union is winning, and you know there's a vibe in the air, and they're getting the better of the good old U.S. of A. And then the hockey game happens, and and our 18 year olds defeat their high flying bunch of professionals, and suddenly this is everything to America. And I, you know, I remember even growing up, I remember thinking. Eh, is that really this global politics or somehow influenced by a hockey game? Same way, I think this one play defines Jay Cutler going forward to his team. Like you say, I think this now puts him on an MVP type trajectory. They maybe go and look who's gonna who who gets the top spot in the NFC or at least the top two seeds. The Seahawks look obviously pretty in, like they're in good sh- in a good spot at 3 and 0. But outside of that, I mean, do you buy that the Falcons are going to go on such a mighty run that they do you think the Saints are going to be consistently good enough on defense that they're Whoa. not going to have some that, that they're not going to fall back? The I'm Saints t- have allowed 38 points this season. I know, but look, they they played the Buccaneers and they you know, I'm the, just saying. They're just saying uh, the, credit. Uh, yeah. The Falcons I mean, are too beat up. Yeah, the Falcons yeah. are. I think the Falcons are okay. So, so I say that the Bay, the Bay, the Green Bay. I still love Aaron Rodgers. I still love what that what, what they're about in general. But now they're behind the eight ball. Thirteen more games. They could catch him, obviously, especially if they can sweep the head to head series against the Bears. But I like what I see out of Cutler. Henry Melton, a big loss on that defensive line there, but they have some depth. And most of all, they got a, this is one of those teams that is loaded with weapons. I love those big receivers that they have, not just Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey. And then you forget about a guy even like Earl Bennett, how consistent that guy is. And you have Matt Forte. I, this team, Martellus Bennett. Martellus and Martellus Bennett. Bennett, yeah. Martellus Bennett, another huge target for Cutler. The defense is good. I'm going to take the Bears. All right, that was a hey, long one. Let's get they, to those Falcons. Uh, my my uh, nephew, who's in the Army, who's one of the reasons why I support the Bears now, was, you know, we were texting throughout the game, and I saved his text after that play. He just had in all caps, he stuck him. I mean, he talking about like it's a oh, big yeah. thing. Like he's because he he was because uh, my my nephew played football too. So he's like he stuck him and in that play. Like you could just feel it. I'm like, yeah, that was like like I'm watching it thinking it's a huge play and then getting his reaction and then he just kept going on and on about it. I'm like, yeah, it was pretty. Sweet. Oh, and listen, and it's for, a reckoning almost a decade in the making. I'll tell you where the Steeler season 
well, took they, a turn. The Steelers had lost, I believe it was three games in a, in a row in 2005 on their way to this. I'm sorry, 2006. On their, I mean, yeah, 2005 on their way to their Super Bowl win against Seattle and Detroit. They had won. They, they, they were swooning a little bit. They lost, I think, like I say, three or so in a row. Roethlisberger had gotten hurt. Tommy Maddox was terrible as his replacement. And the season was just about over, and, and Coach Cower declared it a season anew starting today in Heinz Field against the Bears. And like something out of Hollywood at halftime, the snow started to fall. And, it, you know, it was those, those mean Bears in town to, to play them, and, and the Steelers were playing well enough. And there was a play at the goal line where they gave the ball to the bus, presumably in his last season. It ended up being that, exactly that. They give the ball to the bus at the goal line, and he plowed Brian Erlacher at the goal line. And it was at that moment I thought anything is possible. Jay Cutler did the same thing back to the Steelers, like I say, eight, nine years later. And, uh, and yeah, I think the Bears are – I'm not going to predict the Super Bowl, but uh, I do not think this is like what's happened in the last couple of years where they sort of fade away. I think Tressman is going to keep this one going. All right, next question. About, you, uh, not to belabor it, but you think about what all the Bears fans have gone through with Jay Cutler and what they've seen, the inconsistencies, the moping in the NFC Championship game. To see that play was huge for the fans. Agree. Plus, he has a dynamite head of hair. Um, he does. Underrated head <laughs> of hair on him. I'm, yeah. not, I'm, I'm not. Falcons. Hard. Chances of winning the NFC South rank. Dead or alive? Dead. Dead. Two. Wow. Uh, Chris just uh, alluded to it. Just too banged up. The Steven Jackson thing, I think, is going to hurt them if he can't get back quickly. Roddy White. Who knows how long he's going to battle this high ankle sprain. Tony Gonzalez has not really been a factor in that offense, which could use some weapons where Harry Douglas is coming up and having to pick up so much of the slack. And I know you you kind of dismissed the Saints a little bit in their defensive performance, but 38 points. They went up against the Cardinals. Carson Palmer's been playing pretty well. I understand that Larry Fitzgerald's a little bit slowed with the hamstring injury, but holding that team to seven points is pretty significant. Saints hmm. team's a little bit better than people think. I still think they have that chip on their shoulder. Drew Brees is now starting to get back into a groove with Sean Payton. There's three really dangerous teams in the NFC right now, the Saints, the Bears, and the Seahawks, and the Falcons are starting in the mix. Well, I'll tell you about the Saints and the Falcons, what both those teams have going for them is the Buccaneers have emerged as a surprising train wreck. There, things The wheels would seem to be off with Shiano, although he did piece it together in the second half of last season when it seemed like all was lost. So let's hold out hope for that. And, uh, well, I was going to say Carolina isn't good, but that defense maybe is, and Cam Newton. So, all right, I, I, I re- retracted. They, they, the, I, last, the last 94 seconds, pretend I didn't, they didn't happen. The Panthers maybe have the Panthers allowed less. Are, right? They've allowed less points than the Saints. Chris Wesling, how say you? Falcons are still alive. They are still alive. The Saints haven't been tested yet on defense. I like what I've seen from them. Kenny Vaccaro is playing everywhere. Cameron Jordan is playing yes. as well as any 3-4-N, not named J.J. Watt. They look legit, but the Cardinals aren't a test. Mm-hmm. The Falcons with a beat-up Roddy White and Tony Gonzalez looking like uh, he retired already. quite a few I told you, I told you, that's bad news. I said that all summer yeah. when he came out of retirement. I said he was retired and then came back out. What did you expect him to do? Right. I don't think they've been tested yet. The uh, Bucks aren't a test. So let's see what the Saints defense does. And against Rob a- Ryan. Don't don't Bad sleep Santa. on. I have no trust whatsoever in Rob Ryan's ability to to keep it going on defense. Yes, black tie. I'll say you on this one. Dead or alive? Dead for the Falcons. I see the Saints winning that division in a landslide. Really, just because even if they, their offense hasn't been 
awesome just yet. Jimmy Graham is back to being the best tight end. So I think the Saints hold on because the, the, the offense is going to catch up to the defense. That's one thing that Damashek did tell you preseason. A first-round pick in fantasy football is not wasted if you use it on Jimmy Graham because he's that much better than second place in uh, at, at his position. Um, did he outscore right. Jordan Cameron? Did what's that? Did he outscore he Jordan did. Cameron yesterday? Because guess who has both tight ends on his fantasy squad? Uh, Michael this Fabiano. Guy. Oh, you do, Black. <laughs> oh, you oh do. is that did why you, you brought it up? I and I also know. have Julius Thomas. Did so. you start? Okay, I know a thing or two about tight ends. How but. many tight ends do you start in your league? Only one. Can you flex one? No. So basically, no. you're wasting all those points on the bench. Congratulations. Who else is in your league? Oh, it's actually all NFL Fantasy Live producers. Wow. And yeah. Right. They they don't, apparently, humiliated. they don't like tight ends. Apparently yeah. not. Let's hear what the doctor has to say. Falcons' chances of winning the NFC South. Stand alive. Stand alive. Oh, they're alive. Yeah, I listen. I like I said for the reasons I, I've already stated. I don't trust Rob Ryan. That defense is improved because of some individual pieces that they have there. But I, as a whole, I don't have uh, great faith there. And that offense, to me, I don't love. I still am not. I know they won the Super Bowl a few years ago, but I don't like the configuration of the way they use their running backs. I almost wish addition by subtraction. I, if they if Mark Ingram weren't there, I'd like him a lot better. I think Pierre Thomas is your hammer, and Darren Sproles as your you know whatever you want to call him as your third down back or whatever. I, now that makes him more dangerous. I feel like Sean Payton drafted this kid out of Bama, traded up to get him with a first-round pick, and somehow feel some obligation. We've talked about that before, the psychological requirement to validate something you've done on the human level. Sean Payton got Mark Ingram, so now he has to, he's jamming him in there. As it is, I, I, I do buy that you don't want your running back to have 30 touches in, in, uh, in the games these days, but on the other hand, you don't get a chance if you're Pierre Thomas or Mark Ingram to really get it going when you're splitting carries like that. I, I, it's not my favorite situation. I though. think you're exactly right, and that's not to say that Ingram couldn't be a good back in like a ball control offense. Yeah, he's just the worst possible fit for this offense. And I also, I, I mean, Jimmy Graham is terrific, and Dan Fouts with uh, Kellen Winslow will sing songs. But I, I, you know, Marcus Colston is getting a little bit old there, and um, you know, you're. you're you're, otherwise, you're 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 skimming the you know the scraps of the Chargers and bringing back Bobby Meacham and I don't know I, I just uh, I, I do think that there's an opportunity for the Falcons that are still mighty talented especially when Roddy White and Julio Jones are at full speed. All right, next up, this is an interesting one: NFC West. Can the San Francisco 49ers still do it? Do they have a chance? West, I start with you. Dead or alive? This is tough. I think the Seahawks are going to be awfully hard to beat for the division. But I just think three weeks is too early to rule out a team as deep as the 49ers. Rank, how say you? Dead or alive, they're the Niners' chances of winning the NFC West? Dead. Dead, eh? They, you know, I'm I'm The impressed. toughest game is already come and gone, and they lost it, but at least it's in the rearview mirror. The game in, in Seattle, I think we could see that one coming. Right. This is a surprise that they would lose to the Colts. It is a little bit of a surprise, and now you've dug yourself a two-game hole with the Seahawks. And I keep pointing out that that when Pete Carroll was at USC, he sometimes failed to maintain expectations. And you know what? That game against Jacksonville, I understand it was Jacksonville. You're coming off a huge win 
at home. You you broke the Guinness Book of World Record. You, you're you coming up and you're playing a team. You, you have no That's business. That's hokey, too. When the scoreboard instructs you to cheer, yes. I, 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 I want to <laughs> vote thumbs down on that. I've okay. been meaning to make that statement somewhere. That. If it happens naturally in the context of a game, yeah, listen. Like when Marsh- put it in the books and, and pat yourselves on the back. And I think the 12th man is terrific. That environment is dynamite. It's the best stadium in the NFL. All that. Hold the phone, though. But, but if you're they, getting, if you're, if if the if the guy working the board is telling you cheer now so we can break the record, it's a little lame. Well, it's also the same thing with everybody wearing a snuggie. I mean, it's predetermined and everything. But you cannot deny that when Marshawn Lynch went beast mode over the Saints in the playoffs, and it registered on the Richter scale, that was very real. There just wasn't a, right. a Guinness person there to record it, so. That's just making up for that right, moment. Which, fix that. Which, which, change proof. that. Let's not yeah, do proof. hokiness to try and do it. Fair enough. All right, what's the point about the Seahawks? They're going to win the division? They beat them. They kept their composure. They just smoked them. I was really impressed All right, by that so win. can the Niners win the division, I'm asking you? No. The 49ers will still struggle. I got to go with uh, Alive. I still think the Seahawks are slightly better, but schedule-wise, I think the Niners are still in it. All right, let's uh, go to the doctor on call. How say you, sir? Oh, the Niners' chances are dead of winning the West already. Just three weeks in, they still get the Seahawks coming into the stick. Here's the here's the thing about it. I feel like the Seahawks, if they were going to struggle, it was going to be in those first few games. You know, there are a lot of controversy around uh, about some suspensions and this and that, uh, you know, all through the offseason. And they haven't skipped a beat here. They smoked the Niners, obviously, like we say there. Now, here's one of the thing I will say about the Seahawks. I mean, the uh, Niners and why they're, they're going to wind up in the playoffs is because Let's not make too much out of the loss to the Colts because I think that Vernon Davis, as I've talked about a great deal over over the last couple of years, is I know people think he's really good, but, man, he's a devastating blocker. And when people talk about last year, Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham, as though they're those two twin towers, I always say, no, it's a holy triumvirate at uh, tight end in the NFL. Vernon Davis is every bit the athlete. He's the downfield threat. And, like I say, he's a hammer of a blocker, too. And, practically speaking, you watch what the Colts did. What did, what, what did Kaepernick and everybody else say? Listen, they just they they just they spied me the whole game. They had somebody who could follow me around the whole game. You don't have that when Vernon Davis is on the field. You, you simply eliminate that possibility. That's all the difference. That's how Kaepernick makes those runs and turns uh, what looks bad into, into a, a back-breaking 20- or 25-yard uh, dash is because Vernon Davis is dragging that safety or or the, uh, the second cover guy up the field with him. So that's the difference there, especially when they have no Michael Crabtree and beyond Anquan Bolden, they have a bunch of iffy, speedy guys out there. So I don't think it's doom and gloom for the Niners, but that loss to the Colts is a bad one. You can't lose those home games because you can't figure. Here's the expectation. The Seahawks aren't going to lose a home game. So so now, the so by definition, then, the Niners are in a little bit of trouble there. And obviously, the Seahawks are still coming to them. And when that happens, they lose that one. That would, uh, that would definitely do it. All right. Look who's walking in the door right now. He's going to join us midstream here for... A little dead or alive. He comes to us all the way from England. He's another guy who's beaming. I'm the only loser in Studio 66. You have Wes's 2-1 and one Bengals. You have Rank's 3-0 and oh Bears. And here he is. His Dolphins are 3-0. and oh. It's Handsome Hank. 
He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. Welcome to the party. Late though you are. I'm sorry I'm late, Dave, um, but uh, but thrilled to be here, especially wow. after what happened yesterday. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Muzzle tough to you. Um, I knew it was a possibility that they could beat the Falcons going into that game. I'm not completely stunned by it. But uh, but what strikes you right now? You're 3-0, and tied atop the AFC East with the Patriots. And you think about it, the Patriots really could have lost uh, Could have lost in week one. Mm-hmm. You could be looking down at those Patriots right we now, as be. it is. How do you feel? I feel I'm. I mean, I'm excited. Obviously, that they're three and zero. That game. It's funny. As a Dolphins fan over the last few years, I've kind of managed to be able to balance my work and pleasure on a Sunday pretty easily because I don't really want to watch the game, so I'm able to concentrate on what I should be concentrating on. That's how on. I'm going to be the rest of you're, the football you're season this right. year. I don't have to bother, you know, living it, and dying with the you Steelers. I'm already to do dead on yeah. Sunday. Um, but uh, but but yesterday I really found myself uh, very focused on that game, and I kind of have been through the previous two games. Um, I don't think they played as well as um, yesterday against the Falcons as they had done in the previous two games against the Colts and, and Browns in Week One. Well, I think they were they playing were, a better team. They were playing a better team, but they were but they were making more mistakes through the first. Uh, probably three quarters. They couldn't stop the run particularly well at all, and really until the fourth quarter. Uh, they were unable to get any pressure once Cameron Waite went out, which was almost the first um, series. They couldn't really get any pressure particularly, and they couldn't stop the Falcons' pass rush, which was actually all the things when we spoke on Thursday, I thought they would be able to do against Atlanta. But they kept it close, and suddenly you've got this guy in Ryan Tannehill who, if the game's close at the end, you actually have the belief that, he can pull it off, and he, he was able to again yesterday. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, the other thing that's noteworthy, and I don't know what Mike... If Mike Wallace is in great health, then I don't think he's going to... I don't think he's a bust candidate. I don't think he's going to put up the numbers he put up, let's say, in his sophomore year in Pittsburgh. But I think he's a little slept on. People kind of... It's one of those things, and I'm talking about both sides of my mouth, because I, I always point out, players... You talk about system guys, and the Steelers and Patriots are probably the two best franchises with plugging, specific, finding specific talent for what they want to do, and it doesn't generally translate at their next at those players' next destination when they depart those two places. But I do think Mike Wallace is good, and I think he got he gets a bad shake because Todd Haley just didn't use him properly in 2012. Right. And so I think that uh, he has a chance, and he wasn't healthy. And so that's what should be your greatest bit of optimism. That is, although he wasn't really a star yesterday. I mean, that's obviously, what I'm saying. As much that's as my point. I'm Colts. saying he was a non-factor because right. he's hurt. Imagine if, if he's a legitimate threat. I think he's the kind of guy that makes the difference against the Patriots. If he's right, I, you can yeah, beat that team. Exactly. No, and I, I, I think if you look at what the Dolphins have got coming up, you know, they've got the Saints next next Monday and then the Ravens and then their bye week. Uh, I think they, you know, look how battle-tested they are through the first six weeks That's of the right. season. They steal one compared of those games. To, right, compared to the to the Patriots, who really had a relatively easy run and had some time to get healthy and gel and all that stuff. You know, it'll be interesting when they do, uh, when the two those two teams go head-to-head. All right, I'm glad or sad, I don't know what, but you're here for it, Handsome Hank. Let's get to it. We're doing Dead or Alive, as you have may or may started, not have heard. Or? Oh, yeah, we're well into it. Then okay. we can't go back, I'm afraid. Right. We're going to press forward here. I'll start this one with you, though. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Chances. We've been doing can they win the division, teams that have had sluggish starts. 
This is this isn't can they win their division? Mm-hmm. Can the Pittsburgh Steelers make the playoffs? Will they make the playoffs? Are those chances dead or alive, handsome Hank? Dave, there is no pulse on that. Only uh, three teams, I think, since 1990 have gone 0 and three and got uh, made it into the playoffs. That's because those teams stink. That's right. why. And so, that, that but, and the one doesn't thing, make any sense. It does. It makes perfect sense because the one thing this, this year's Steelers have in common with the, all those other teams that haven't made it is they also stink. <laughs> <laughs> they have no shot of doing that. They Sorry. were good on Sunday night, though. They had their they had some nice. stretches. I don't know. There. I think yeah, they had some nice stretches, but they, they're not going anywhere near the, the playoffs. Bar. I know. I have. <laughs> you can only the only way they're getting in the playoffs is if the the second wildcard team in the AFC is six and ten. I tweeted <laughs> out. I tweeted out during the game. Well, after the Steelers, after uh, the great uh, Sean Swisham made the field goal to to get the Steelers on the board, I said, "Ha ha! No shutout in Pittsburgh tonight. <laughs> Take that, Giants fans!" And then, and as soon as I did, it made me feel sad on the inside yeah. that that's the, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, the standard I'm now keeping. <laughs> yes. And they're uh, off to London, of course, this this week. And, I know, and, and so are you, handsome. So am I. But they, you know, Poor they're playing a, a game that that you know people in London were very excited about. Um, you know, and probably I'm sure they still are. But they're very excited about in the summer between them and the Vikings, two well, you know, yeah, big two name classic teams. teams. Neither of them has a win. No, indeed. Um, I said, you know, I, I feel like at a time when the U.S. has precious few allies out there, is this really a wise move to send these two bum teams <laughs> to the Brits? Well, it's going to feel like a punishment for them, and they might turn against us. But there's some great players on display. I think I think people are going to be excited to Had see them. Had anyway. the Steelers won on Sunday night, they'd be one and two. They go to Minnesota. I mean, they go to London to play the bum Vikings. If they win that one, then they get their bye. After that, they have bum team after bum team after bum team lined up there. They would really have had a shot there. As it went, that Sunday's results couldn't have been worse. You figure the Packers beat the Bengals, knock them down to one and two. Ravens, I figured the Texans would go in there and beat them. They'd be one and two. The Steelers beat the Bears. Hey, they're in a they're in a tie, a four way tie for uh, first place in the crummy also AFC last North. Place. Yeah, now they're in last place all by themselves, looking up at the Cleveland Browns rank. That brings me to you, Steelers. Chances of the playoffs dead or alive? Dead. And when you say that... Oh, I thought that was going to be it. Right. No. <laughs> kind of like the speech on Sunday night by the best supporting actress. I got to go. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. But you talk about all the bum teams on the schedule. I think those bum teams are looking at the Steelers and being like, well, at least we'll get a win there. Oh, yeah. We'll that's get, where, the, that's yeah, where the skid yeah. ends. They got the Jets coming up, and the Jets are probably licking their chops. <laughs> Wes, how say you? Steelers, chances of the playoffs, dead or alive? By definition from Henry's stats... You have to be an exceptional team to come back from 0-3. I know, but you understand that all, most of those teams are just hideously bad. What the I was Steelers say, have some bones there. There are of, some things about the Steelers that are exceptional. Right. The defense has some components. Yes. The, the way Palomalo is playing. Right. The way Big Ben is playing. But then when you throw it, they don't have any skill position talent beyond Antonio Brown. Heath Miller isn't himself yet. No. Le'Veon Bell won't be himself when he comes back. So I I don't think they're going to be able to cobble all of that together and overcome it. Right. It's like the dinosaurs were exceptional before they were, became extinct. And then, you know, as there were fewer dinosaurs left, there were still dinosaurs, but they were still going extinct. Look who feels so good about himself. He's <laughs> full of snark after his 3-0 and start by the Dolphins. I never did this to you. I never – I did. have I ever done this to no. you? When my Steelers I'm, I'm, are soaring high and your Dolphins are a laughing stock, did I ever take pot shots? No, no. I'm not taking pot shots either. I'm just trying to illustrate why you know they, what I they don't have a chance of making the The difference playoffs. between you and me. The accent betrays it, but I'm the classy one. <laughs> Black tie, how say you? Steelers chances 
chances of the playoffs. Definitely dead. Uh, I just want to touch on uh, Big Ben's uh, ball handling all of a sudden. Like last night on Monday night, he was begging to just give the ball away. Hey, you stick to body language, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Whoa, what? He was doing everything he could to bring back his sorry squad. I don't know. He just looked like he was trying to give the ball away every time, and he eventually did. Troy Polamalu. He was. Well, he wasn't trying to give it away. He was trying to get rid of it before he got hammered back there because they were all over him. The, the, The killer is, and I'm not the first one to say this, the buzz in Pittsburgh is, once again, and we have talked about it here on the show, Kevin Colbert and the other decision makers at the draft have really failed this team. They don't go out and but they don't play the free agent game, which is fine. Obviously, the stable franchises don't typically do it, but that requires that you don't fail with your drafts and the Steelers. I mean, I think I saw, I think I read, I'm not sure if I have the number right. I think currently, from since 2008, to 2012, so obviously not including this fresh this rookie class. Those five years, they have currently 12 rostered players. That's just not enough for a team that isn't going to go out and and uh, flesh out the roster with with free agents. Yeah, the Steelers are in trouble there. But all right, let's get to it here. The Steelers' pl- chances of the playoffs dead or alive? Come on, doctor, do it the right way. Ah, oh, they're dead. I'm sorry to say it, Pittsburgh fans. It's over with. They're 0-3. They can't come back against us. They have that loss to the Bengals. So they're, the, the chance of winning the division is obviously gone. And what's further, now the Titans are 2-1. and one. They have a head-to-head victory. And that's the real nail in the coffin for these Steelers, practically. Because they're going to be where the Dolphins are 3-0 and oh, and so are the Patriots. So... I don't know. Optimistically, are the Dolphins going to keep it going? I don't know. But are the Colts? They're another one. They're going to be in the mix for the wild card. And the Titans in a head-to-head now. So the Steelers aren't just two games back of a team like the Titans. They're two-plus behind them. This is It's too tall in order. I mean, listen, are they going to reel off? Is it, is it you know mathematically impossible? Of course not. But is this a team that we've seen anything that's suddenly going to rip off a 10-3 and three, uh, run here? Of course they, they are not. It makes me sad because it's wasting the prime, the tail end of the prime of Ben Roethlisberger, Ike Taylor, Troy Polamalu, Ryan Clark, and so on. It's, it's just a shame what's going on there. <clears throat> Wes, you're going to run. I'm going to let you answer this one before you walk out the door. The New York Jets, chances of making the playoffs dead or alive. I'm going to go dead. Dead, even at 2-1. and one. Dead. I don't trust the quarterback. I love what their defense is doing. Uh, to me, it all comes down to the quarterback, and, and Geno Smith is going to have more stops than starts the rest of the way. All right, scram, Wes. We'll let you know how this turns out when the doctor gets in here to, to render his final verdict here, but a uh, pleasure. Chris Wessling, make sure you listen to him on the Around the League podcast. Find it on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Around the League. Say hello to those other uh, – former friends of ours <laughs> we don't talk to them anymore that's our the right? flames have kind of let us down right? the flames if it comes to a war who wins that war who wins that four-on-four battle what if it's if it's us four handsome wow. hank rank black tie and me mm-hmm. i'm the weak link there so i get wet so i get oh well, we would destroy them in a fight because you'd go after sessler i get sessler or uh, greg rosenthal i take yeah, them at one time i actually, just bonk their heads together you could actually take the two of them out <laughs> I think we and could, between the three of you. So two of you have to take down Hanzoos. I think we could just convince Wesling not to be involved, and he'd be like, all right. He would just probably go out. <laughs> if you gave him a beer, he'd be like, yeah, you're right. I don't want to fight. 
I'm not a fighter. I don't like that kind of stuff. I already <laughs> like, so all right. Let's go to handsome Hank here. The Jets. Jets chances of the playoffs. The Jets. Everyone's getting or not everyone. Jets fans. We have a couple of very vocal Jets fans in our office here, mm-hmm. who who's who've always I found slightly irritating. Um, anyway, the <laughs> Jet, Jets fans. Uh, the Jets are two regardless and, of their fan oh, yeah, loyalties. Nothing. You just yeah, find just, them annoying exactly. as people. Right. Jets. The Jets are two and one at the moment. But let's have a look at their games that they've got coming up. This takes them through to their week nine bye. Right. They they're two and one. They they at the de- at the Tennessee Titans. This week, mm-hmm. that's not going to be a win. They're at the Atlanta Falcons the week after. I, I could see them beating the Titans. Even though I have the Titans in the playoffs, and Jake Locker, we talk about those big moments that right. sort of define his his short-term future. We say that about Cutler and his performance uh, on that drive. Jake Locker, same thing. I feel like he's ready. I've been ta- talking about forever. If he just stays healthy, they're going to be good. They have so mm-hmm. many weapons out there with him. He can run the ball, finally showing uh, okay, they can do that, it a little bit. But I think the anyway, chances are ahead. they don't beat the Titans right. in I'm Tennessee. I'm sorry. I'm talking myself back into the At Titans. Atlanta, then they play your Steelers in, mm. in New York. Then they play the Patriots. It's a win. <laughs> yeah, th- th- that was actually the only one I of these. I hope the Steelers That's the only lose. one of these I what had slated. the Steelers slated. go 0-16? We're not we talking about it. We've, we've talked it. about the Steelers, all right? Or do we go the Teddy Steelers, Bridgewater? Then they got I don't the, know. Then they've got the Patriots. Then they're at Cincinnati. Then they're at New Orleans. All I'm saying is they're 2-1 now. I'd expect them to win one more game before they're by, and it is against the Steelers. Well, that makes me feel sad. Rank. I will say dead, and there will be a time at the end of the season where we look back and be like, oh, my gosh. The Jets were two and one. Yeah, like I don't even remember that. Like, oh yeah, no, it was true, and it'll be one of those things. Yeah, nobody's going to remember this. It's a short-term fix. And what he said about the Jets, you know, the Jets were one of those teams I just never thought about. Just whatever. Joe Klecko was in Cannonball Run. Gasino did a sack dance. Joe Namath guaranteeing Super Bowl three, and that was it. I had no feeling about the Jets. It was like whatever. And then all of a sudden, you get some Jets fans around us, and I'm like. I legitimately do not like this team. Right. It's annoying. <laughs> it's, re- they are. And I have no reason. Like, I, why yeah. would I? It, it shouldn't matter. They're not to a me. team that you should care about, especially you as a Bears fan. As a Dolphins fan, I used to think <laughs> about them that. twice a year. I used to think about them twice a year because you play them, you beat them, you move on. But now you've got these annoying Jets fans flying around everywhere. Yeah. All right. Black tie, how say you? Jets' uh, chances of the playoffs. Got to go with. Got to go with Dad. Uh, Geno Smith just don't like his prospects, and he's not. <laughs> what? Why you I thought you were about to say don't like his body language. Please well, that I, I don't like that. Had. I don't like that neither. Obviously, I was. Not, I've never been a fan since I saw him at the combine. He was just acting way too cool for school. I knew it was a problem there and then. So um, I like. I yeah, like that. You, I like that you're de- you're determining the trajectory of a, of an entire NFL team because the QB, in your words. Thinks he's too cool for school. At the combine. He thinks he's so, so cool, but I got news for him. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what the doctor thinks. <laughs> yeah, listen, they're not, they don't have enough. It's because they're in a division. They still, you know, look, they still got to play the Patriots again. They got to play the Dolphins twice. Those are, that's a bad place to start right there. I mean, is it a, is it anything more than a coin flip in New York against even a team like the Steelers? The defense is playing well as we forecasted, but they don't have enough to get over the hump. Let me say this though. I felt bad for Geno Smith before the season because I said he's not going to get a fair shake because of what he has around him or doesn't have around him. I mean, Stephen Hill 
looked like the best receiver he had available. But now you have Jeremy Curley back, and most importantly, you have Santonio Holmes there. That's a legitimate trio of wide receivers. That ain't bad. I would tell. I would. I'll tell you. I wish the Steelers still had Santonio Holmes. That's one mm. thing for sure. Santonio Holmes, for all the stuff about him and the bad mouthing he's gotten, I think that's one of those things. I always say the New York media is a you know is a, gets nasty to a point, and, and for whose benefit? You know, same thing with Philly. The Philly and New York medias are so are, are so rough on their own players that they get in their heads, and there's this pride among New Yorkers and Philly fans. Like, hey, this our town isn't you know it's not for every player. It's like. Yeah, because your media is abusive to them. Maybe if they toned it down, they, they you know it wouldn't be so rough on your guys. But they seem to enjoy and resent. Yeah, anyway, the fans sort of enjoy being in that environment of being mm. a rugged town. They like that perception. But I think San Antonio Holmes anywhere else would just be considered a, a, a really good wide receiver. He's had some injury troubles, and that's it. Right. I don't think you would consider him a ne'er do well. Consider his frame of mind. You've got he's been with Mark Sanchez all these last few years, and he has no reason to be excited about anything. I, I a sinking ship there so he spoke out a couple of times i think he's really good is the point do you think um just talking about sanchez and you're talking about a player who's kind of been abused by the new york media i think almost the best thing that could have happened to mark sanchez is that he's out for this entire season Mm -hmm. doesn't play and then next year you know there's going to be a team after the let's assume he he gets cut or released somehow by the jets there's going to be a team that doesn't get the quarterback that they need in the draft knowing that every year there's probably eight teams looking for a quarterback there's going to be one team that's left out in the cold I think the fact that Mark Sanchez won't have played for a year will persuade some short memory Hmm. term loss um, GM to maybe say, I think I can turn Mark Sanchez into a winning quarterback in the NFL and and take a punt on him. I think that would be better for him than playing this season. Obviously, Geno Smith, their future, regardless of of what Sanchez would have done this season, they're going to cut him anyway. But he might have played badly, and then everyone would go, no, why would we bother taking a, a flyer on this guy? It's an interesting thought. And the year away, you're probably right, get him out of the spotlight a little bit and, and no fresh tape of him stinking it up on a mediocre team. I, I can't see it. I can't see who I, he was, though, at, you know, coming out of the combine, he was still highly considered. It's not like the tools aren't right. there. It's the frame of mind. So maybe you're right. I, I don't I, know. I mean, Brian Hoyer is starting him, in the though? NFL. If Brian Hoyer is starting in the NFL, yes, he won a game. But if Brian Hoyer is starting in the NFL, someone will take him and think, yeah, why not? Well, this guy's got to be have a potential starting um, game out there for us at some point. Well, like he should go to a team that has a good quarterback already established, where he can just be the backup again. That's what I think he'll be. It's not. I don't think he's never going to be in the NFL again. I just don't know that he's going to start next season as somebody starting QB. Unless the Vikings wanted to take a chance on him, but even then, that seems extreme. Wow, they're well on their way to Teddy Bridgewater, unless the Steelers get in their way. Well, this, I, this is really the Bridgewater Bowl over in London, England, uh, and it's this so, Sunday. And it's so great, because so many of the Viking fans hit me up on Twitter, just, you doubt the Vikings, we'll see what happens this year. I'm like, yes, we will see I kind of thought the Vikings had a chance of being good this year. Obviously, I was wrong about that. Christian Ponder, I, I, I slept on how bad Christian Ponder. I just was being trying to be optimistic about if he's our right that that team should be all right but you're the one you're the one who always gets these like you always are the one who can identify this hey this is a one-year team that although they made the playoffs I know, last I just year felt like i wanted to, like I the wanted, lions last year. i know but i just i there was something about this vike i thought that they that they not only in losing percy harvin they i thought they somehow made that uh that position even better i thought the the Corderell patterson and greg jennings would combine to make them more dangerous in the passing game instead of uh instead of less and i you know again i just 
overrated uh, what Christian Pond again it's not that everybody has to play as well as Tom Brady it's just that you can't be Sanchez level bad and that's exactly what Ponder's been so far all right so that's it for dead dead or alive and we'll be back with another episode to talk more football later in the week but rank Mm -hmm. do you want to leave right now because we have to take a couple of minutes very quickly here to talk about the other big Sunday event it's called Breaking Bad no, it's like no, no, last no, no, week. No, 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 what it's do you way mean? Too no, soon. No, no, it's too no, soon. No, no. It's way too soon. You can't talk about it's already. Bible. It's already Tuesday. Why? You haven't listened to it? You haven't I, watched I haven't it even yet? watched it yet. You haven't Come watched on. it? No. Let me start. Black tie of you? Too soon. Too okay. soon. Okay. Well, then let's yet. go back to season one. I just finished episode six. <laughs> and, <laughs> so let's let's talk about this. So he's in. How does he know? Has he met Tuco yet? He's in the. Uh, he blows up the building. Like he's he goes he's like it's the second to last episode of the season where he like blows up a building like he gets trapped he goes to see some guy Tuco uh, Tuco yeah. yeah and he and it it's just like how does he become that the guy like, who's all cranked up when he gets in yeah. there to, yeah yeah I understand that he eventually turns for the worse and everything but it's like that's a pretty big leap like you you just found out you had cancer like four episodes ago. And now all of a sudden you're blowing up buildings and going. Well, up but against... he thinks he 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 thinks he's a uh, soldier of fortune at that point because he's already he's he's blowing up bad guys. Yeah, because he thinks he's a good guy. He's like the Robin Hood of crack. Is it crack? No, no it's, it's crank. No, crank. It's crank. It's different. Crack. It's, it's meth. Yeah, it's meth because it's completely different. Crack is completely. rock cocaine. Okay. <laughs> Crystal meth is crank. All right. Yeah, it's made out of all that baking soda and stuff. But yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been pretty interesting, and the, the way he was able to piece together the thing with the broken plate. I, you know, somebody should investigate that. That's a good question you bring up. The 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 a lot of the story, not a lot, but some of the story hinges on the fact that no one can reproduce Walter White's blue crystal meth. Right. What would happen if you put food coloring in the, just a regular crystal meth? Would it turn blue? Because then that would really resolve that issue. Black the only reason Walter White is essential is because the because his is so pure, it's Very blue, stressed, yeah. and nobody can do it because he's I so think perfect. They did it. At I it. think somewhere I don't want to. There's a spoiler here, Adam, but I think somewhere in season three, right? Some somebody one of his rivals it. tries to replicate it with blue. Um, well, what happened died. to that? And I think I think because it wasn't good enough, people started um, dying from it. You guys you think can, you can blow? None this of up. you guys watch it. It's, it was on on Sunday night, and now it's Monday afternoon. And well, on Sunday night, I'm working. What do you mean you're working? What were you working on that you couldn't on squeeze in an hour of of uh, spellbinding television? Are word. there any other? I mean, are there any like for me? Sons of Anarchy, I watch every Tuesday, come hell or high water, like, I will not miss it. And it seems like you guys are very invested in this Breaking Bad show. You're two episodes from the finish. I can't believe that that's not the first thing you do when you go. I understand I, I understand you have family obligations, but when the family goes to bed or if they're already, or whatever it is, if everybody goes to bed, I would be like, you know what? I might be a little bit tired tomorrow, but I'm watching this episode because I don't want to run the risk. Of people spoiling I, you know what as far as that goes i think I, I was thinking about this last night i think i'm gonna watch the finale in real time i'm not gonna even risk seeing anything because if i watch it in real time you can't beat me to it and then i can't happen to click something by mistake on a cell phone or see something that is going to be a giveaway the issue yeah. with that though is they were on the west coast 
right? But don't yeah. you guys no, uh, it's direct a, TV? You no, can they do. show it at the same time. Well, I'm still at work at that time, so it's not an option. I That's, just can't. I mean, but it seems to, to up- me anticlimactic. I think it's anticlimactic that you would that that they kill Jesse in the in the second to last episode. I think they should have at least le- left them alive to see the for the suspense of the of the yeah, finale. It makes it makes <laughs> That's no not even sense because there are people like <laughs> myself and Hank and listeners <laughs> who haven't watched it. See, you see what you just did there. You think you know? He's already dead. Wait, time out, time out. Why? Sheck probably also thinks he didn't spoil it because he's joking. Uh-huh. But you indirectly, indirectly spoiled it regardless. Because now we think, know. Did you think Jesse? Because now we know Jesse killed. Pinkman do you think Jesse Pinkman is going to make it into the finale? Do you think they'd really kill I, him in episode I, short of the finale? I'm open to all possibilities. Well, I want to be open to all possibilities. Well, consider, and there you go, spoiling consi- stuff for me. Consi- you know what? Oh. Consider, that's, that's the end of the podcast, consider guys. Consider the second that's to it. last podcast. That's it. That's it. Did you really think I'm that so Jesse Pinkman wasn't going to survive to the finale? Of course, I'd have to keep him alive one more week. Well, it wouldn't be. It would be the. What would be the? Sh- and by the way. I don't like I, – I, we've gotten over the fact. I don't like to speculate what's going to happen. But, uh, come on. Jesse Penguin's not going to die. He's going he's gonna to survive. He's going to be the one – if everybody else is dead. If, if, if I had to bet that if you told me everyone on the show is going to die but one, I would say it's him who's going to survive it. Why wouldn't it be Walter White survives? Because the one thing that the whole show started on was him providing for his family after he's gone. So what happens if he's the one who survives and everybody else is <laughs> Adam, gone? Adam, I respect you on a lot of levels, <laughs> but you're out of your depth weighing yeah. You have a lot of soil to cover in New Mexico <laughs> really, before point. you can have an opinion right, on this what, how this series ends. <laughs> you're still watching him. He has ha- a head of hair. <laughs> right, he's point. still cooking his meth in a in a in a mobile home, you don't know what is. You don't know how it gets. Now listen. All right, for enough. serious minded viewers, of course. It's Jesse not that Pink I'm not serious. Live. I know. It's we just have I'm just very ill informed. That's exactly right. We'll talk I, about this on I'm, Wednesday, guys. I'm reading. I'm reading the history book about 1938, saying like, oh, there's no way they could lose. But I don't. The know. Nazis. <laughs> Germany's gonna come back, and how? I love this Nazi party. I see what they're doing there, and they're shaping themselves up. Right quick, see? By the way, this went under the radar as Martellus Bennett was talking about Mark Tressman being the Willy Wonka of <laughs> of the NFL. And he's like, but not the one, not the Johnny Depp one, the one who was, the one who was created in the 40s. Like, that's the what 40s. he thought. He goes, yeah, the, the, the Willy Wonka <laughs> from the 40s. You're like, uh, that's when World War II was. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think? Gene Wilder is, Gene Wilder is 174 yeah. years of age Gene, right now. Gene Wilder didn't go overseas to fight because he was busy cranking out Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> he looks good for a man of his advanced age. Real quick, I did observe one thing. They show every every football game is it has like uh, probably a half dozen Cialis ads in it. And I would just want to say, if I ever do, I don't know what the chain of events that would make this happen, but if I ever get Freaky Friday into the body of a middle-aged woman, my only wish, if, if, if you say, like, all right, you're getting Freaky Friday, you're going to be a middle-aged lady, you know, there's not very much wiggle room, but give us a couple of thoughts on what you, on what you want and don't want, you know? My number one thing. 
just don't let me wind up. Just don't put me in in a home where I have to share a bed with one of those uh, those slack jawed, round shouldered losers in the Seattle commercials. <laughs> those guys are the worst, aren't they? I'd like to share with you now. I wish I was on that video. What's the What's the? Uh, it's not Twitter. Is Instagram the video? Vine. Vine. I got to get on the Vine because I, I I have a new non voice based impression here's a problem and it's for the you, guy Dave. it's the guy who who is on cialis who is in a fun little moment that the it suddenly the turns into, turn up. it turns to be that moment yeah. and he looks the look that he looks over at his lady with and it's the same one every time where they're kind of like fooling around they got the putter out there playing miniature golf and all of a sudden he tries to help her shoot it and she she still can't do it and it's wacky and her ball goes goes off the the hole and she shakes her head and then suddenly he gives her a look like oh yeah guess what it's go time yeah I, this is the look. Let me see if I can do the look that he gives her. This is going to turn out great in an audio podcast. I know. <laughs> Just like, well, because I have to see. Based on based on what these guys think, maybe I'll have to sign up for Vine. <laughs> Let's, this is what is look at when it's time for when it's time for love. <laughs> is that the look? Is that right? Is that how it is? Sign up. Yeah, today. I like the look. I don't recognize it necessarily as that look, but it's definitely a look you should show to people. By the way, Dave, that Vine be gives it. That you, could be my audition. Vine gives you six seconds of airtime to That's play with. Have you ever managed to do anything in six seconds? That audition took me about a second and a half. All right, wrap this what podcast are, in six seconds. Go. Who's the worst guy on the Cialis commercials? Because I hate the guy who's standing on the dock with his lady, mm-hmm. and he fakes like he's no. going to jump in, and then he doesn't. And then he just has that self-satisfied laugh, like, yeah. oh, you really <laughs> fooled her. I also don't, you know, it's funny. I'm having it both ways because I wouldn't want to be a woman who has to be with one of those guys. And then, on the other hand, the women don't really strike my fancy either. Well, they're they, always like they, they're cackling about some. They're cooking in the kitchen and like, oh, I dropped some of. Uh, I dropped the, one of the burgers out of out of, out of the frying pan. <laughs> Zany yeah. and, then, like, and then the guy's like, oh, now, now's the time. <laughs> it's always a situation where you're like, I'm not sure that's appropriate. The thought you're having, she's not thinking the same thing. You may have eaten one of those pills and you're looking for something like this, but just because she just because she missed her. Pot doesn't mean that she's gonna lie down for you. Right well, now. Well, now that you knocked one of those wieners off yeah. the grill, does not equal me yeah. now wanting to exactly. spend time with you carnally. Exactly. Yeah. But so that's that's my issue with those ads. Is none of those seem like appropriate <laughs> situations for love. It's very especially true. on should, a miniature golf course. They actually. should do that one time where the guy's like looking for love and the girl like waves him off <laughs> yeah, and he's like, all dejected. He's got to walk to the restroom. Yeah. He's like, up. Oh, he slams the door. <laughs> <laughs> well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What happens? <laughs> I got twelve hours to go with this thing. <laughs> All right. All right. Now is the time to end this. We've <laughs> covered it all. More than enough, I think. Black tie. Can we wrap it up now? Is that all right by you? I think we can. <laughs> all right. Good. I'm going to do that then. Oh, by the way, just real quick, because the, sh- <laughs> the shame. I'm wrapping it up. The shame slash check report is out there for your perusal. I've gotten a lot of uh, tweets over the last few weeks. Disconcerting. Handsome Hank. I, everybody keeps, I mean, I, you know, dozens and dozens of these. Right. And the people who actually would take the time to tweet me indicates that there must be much more. There must be a lot more people like this. Everybody swear. Why? What happened to the shame report? It's gone this year. I can't find it. And I said, it's the check report. It's out there. It's on the thing. All you have to do is look at NFL.com. But people aren't finding it. 
So that is one issue I wanted to point out with you. Okay. The other thing is... Can I suggest last week, normally we would have a picture in the centerpiece, which is we call the main thing when you arrive on NFL.com. Normally we'd have a right. picture of a football player. Last week we had a picture of the Cookie Monster with a big stamp on it saying the Sheck Report. Yeah. Do you think we should do something more obvious than that? I don't know what could be more obvious than that, you know, and and the uh, so I, I'm not sure. What I want to do is I put in a lot of, for week three, you know, getting into the uh, into the pop culture zeitgeist, you know. I, I made more references to Breaking Bad this week, mm-hmm. and it was so, so loaded. It, you spoiled it. In it was, no, I didn't really spoil it. I really didn't spoil anything. But there are a lot of veiled references to the episode of Sunday Night, and I, as usual, I gave you an advanced copy of the of the Sheck report, and they must have all just gone right over your head. No, you understand? How could you understand? Well, some of them were actually. I made some references to what happened in the desert a couple weeks ago, but you followed it, or you didn't look at it. I looked at the beginning of it. You said you wanted a picture of uh, Roethlisberger and a bunch of other players. Yeah, as, like in that as yeah, Heisenberg. Yeah, as Heisenberg. Yeah, Rolling see that'll barrel, that'll do well. But yeah, that'll no, that will page. do. Yeah. That's what we'll put. That's, that's t- let's tell our, our listeners. Tomorrow, if you're looking for the Sheck Report and you haven't been able to find it in previous weeks, I'm doing this now, I'm telling them. If you've, if you've been looking for it and you couldn't, couldn't find it, look out for a picture of Ben Roethlisberger and a couple of other players. Can you name them now? Sure. Well, it's the, the teams that are shockingly bad so far. It's uh, RG3, it's Eli Manning, Eli Manning maybe. RG3. Talking yeah. slack-jawed players. Um, uh, let's look out for that, but with a Breaking Bad theme to it. That's okay. that's what you'll be looking for. Perfect. All right, I got to go sign up for Vine. Black Tie's going to put this uh, thing up for everybody to listen to, which is now is a weird. It's like because uh, if you're listening to it, then it's already up. It's a it's a mind bender. All right, let's get out of here. We Can do I do a, a shout out. We do have yes! our. Oh my goodness! We have Terrence Newman, by the way, who scored the game winning touchdown in Cincy. Our old pal Terrence Newman, after too long, is we had a lot him. of listeners on Twitter. I suggest. can't wait to. I, I can't wait for him to gush in in thanks for me telling him all for like eight months. Don't sign with the Raiders. Sign with the Bengals. You're gonna win. You're gonna win the division. You're gonna be on a big roll. I can't wait for him to thank me for all that advice. Now, yeah, we had a lot of listeners asking for Terrence Newman to come back on the show after the plays he made ahead. against the Packers. Do your thing, Black and uh, you know, I'm all, I'm all for that. Either way, shout out, guys. It's back. It's time for Black Tie shoutouts. I like to give a shout out to. Quick shout out to. I just want to give a shout out. All right, guys. So the first shout out this season, I am, as you guys know, a month or two ago, I had a dislocated shoulder playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Oh Tough yeah, we are, when we have time, we're really going to get into that story. <laughs> so, but story. The, between between the football and Breaking Bad, we we don't have time for it. But in a week or two, we're going to have nothing but open soil, right. as open as the New Mexico <laughs> desert. We're going to look. We're going to we're going to cover this thing for forty five minutes. Go what? Shake. <laughs> Either way. So I end up in the ER with with a dislocated shoulder out of a socket. It's the second time it's happened to me playing basketball. Exact same situation. It hurts. It sucks. It's painful. And they're all just people working in the ER all just taking their time. Like just absolutely slow. Actually acting like nothing's wrong. Hey, let's do an x-ray. I'm like, hey, you don't need an x-ray. You can see my hand is physically out of a socket. But upon thinking about it, I'm like, hey, I got to give a shout out to these guys because that's their job. They deal with emergencies, accidents, crazy stuff is happening, and you they can't possibly always react like 
the patients are reacting like, hey, I need help. They have to be even killed because that's what they do. It's their job. So I'm giving a shout out to those guys for keeping a cool head in crazy situations like that. Even though in that, my particular situation, I was like, what the heck? I don't need an x-ray. Let's just pop this thing back in. I was out there with my shoulder popped out for two plus hours. And at the time, it was annoying. But I'm giving props and a shout out to them because, you know what? They do need to keep it even killed. I thought the point of a of a shout out was to give um, props to people who don't normally get it. But yeah, I and feel not like people, and not yourself, because no, that really you sounded of, like that you're was giving sort of yourself. about you. Yeah. It's half about you and half about people who already have like TV shows made about them, multiple TV shows made <laughs> yeah. about how cool and calm <laughs> yeah, they are. It used to be about this. Used to be about people who have to pick up I don't know litter off the ground or something. Some of the guys who don't get the love. I think in all the time that you haven't done a shout out, you've forgotten what shout outs are about. I agree. You got to get back. I think to the you bases. should give it back to one of the people who originally who had the idea in the first place to do shout outs, and maybe they could maybe they could carry them on. George Wallace. Yeah. Yes. Because he would say, like Thomas Moore is one of our great listeners from across the pond. He's running a marathon right now. This podcast is carrying him through. Wow. So I shout out to him. Yeah. Like that's that's somebody that could should use we a say shout keep out. Keep on running. To him? keep on running. Listen to it. I say listen to this podcast again. Yeah. Because I think in the hilarity, you might have Sometimes missed Sometimes you learn things on the second listen. Yeah. You didn't see the You're first like, oh, meantime, right. meantime, that little uh, three-minute anecdote was the worst episode was the of MASH worst. ever. That was <laughs> yeah. that, not... That was you've lost your. I way. don't know why, and, why, but I am glad we have on record his telling of it because we will get uh, Rich Eisen podcast producer Chris Law in here because he has a very different, different tale story, to tell, yeah. and that's all I'm going to say on why the subject. And why didn't he do the lethal weapon thing where he just jammed it yeah. in again yeah. himself? That's what like a man that's, does. Any of you ever had a discator show yes. before? I've seen lethal weapon. It doesn't look that bad. Yeah, you just bonk it Boom. into the you wall, just bang it on the wall, go crazy, yeah. fixed. Yeah. We, you know what? Let's put him in a straitjacket and then see if he can get out of it because he's got that busted shoulder already. Oh, yeah. He's predisposed to it. Black Tie, you should just stop recording. It's a good thing Black Tie ended the podcast 20 minutes ago. ago. All right. All right. So that's that. Football talk on the way. Terrence Newman. Who else do we have for uh, for the second podcast this week? We have Elliot Harrison back. Oh, we got to do. Manning. What's that? We have a Manning on the next. Oh, podcast. one of the Mannings. Yes, one Excellent. of the royal family. Yes. All right. Wow. We have that. We have Terrence Newman, and of course, we have the uh, red flag pick segment. And I hope you'll put it on videotape. Videotape. <laughs> Just like I'm going to do my uh, my impre- my. Uh, Did you just Cialis say videotape? Wow. I don't know. What does that mean? Okay. Is that laughable? Videotape. All right, just let me leave. All right, can, I'm, I'm can done we with go you. Now? Yes, it's time to leave. We'll be back with more Hooey and Applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.